A reading from the Book of Wisdom. There is no God besides you, Lord, who care for all the people, to whom you should prove that you have not judged unjustly. For your strength is the source of righteousness, and your sovereignty over all causes you to spare all. For you show strength when people doubt the completeness of your power, and you rebuke any insolence among those who know it. Although you are sovereign in strength, you judge with mildness, and with great forbearance you govern us. For you have the power to act whenever you choose. Through such works, you have taught your people that the righteous must be kind, and you have filled your children with good hope because you give repentance for sins. The word of the Lord. From the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and spirits, sisters, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, 
because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The word of the Lord. with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus put before the crowds a parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed seeds among the wheat, sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? And he replied, No. For in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at the harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them into bundles to be burnt, but gather the wheat into a barn. Jesus put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. Jesus told the crowds all these things in parables Without a parable, he told them nothing. This was to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth to speak in parables. I will proclaim what has been hidden from the foundation of the world. Then Jesus left the crowds and went into a house. And his disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, the one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. 
The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burnt up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect up out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers, and they will throw them into a, fire, a furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Let anyone with ears listen. The Gospel of the Lord. So it's been a while since my last homily, so I hope I'm not too rusty. Parables are meant to make us think. They're meant to start conversations so that people will go, go beyond the words and beyond what may seem obvious and dive deeper, dive into something that is deeper and is more soul-searching. In the gospel this week, there are three parables. The parable of the mustard seed that is transformed into a tree indicates the growth of the kingdom of God in history. The parable of the yeast also indicates the growth of the kingdom, but as a transforming force of God's presence, which can renew everything. These two parables were easily understood by the disciples. But the first parable wasn't as easy to understand. The one about the weeds had them puzzled, so it made them question. The disciples asked Jesus about it, and he explained that he is the sower, the good seed are the children of the kingdom, the weeds are the children of the evil one, and the field was the world. The harvest was the end of the world, the day of judgment. This parable speaks of the kingdom of God here and now. The field is the world, the good and the bad living side by side. The church herself is a field where some good and some bad grow together. This is a place where there is room to grow, to change, and to be converted. One of the key characteristics that I find super interesting in this parable is something that we should imitate. It is God's patience. Even in the first reading, the Book of Wisdom speaks about the patience of God. It's a patience that is not simply waiting for the judgment day to wield out punishment. It is a patience of long-suffering mercy. It is a patience of his will to save. In the parable, we read that when the workers see the weeds, they immediately want to remove them. But God says, not so fast. This speaks to his patience and also his plan. St. Augustine said, the wicked exists in this world either to be converted or that through them the good may exercise patience. God allows the weeds to grow, and he knows what he's doing. 
people's hearts can change. Haven't we all met someone who started out good and ended badly? Because of their choices? Because they took the wrong path? Or haven't we met people and we think automatically, oh, they're bad, but they end up being good? We never know what might be in store for someone when they turn to God. There was a video I saw once. Uh, it was a convicted murderer. He had killed his wife with his bare hands. And he explained in this video about his life as a child. As he grew up, he was constantly being beaten. And his world revolved around violence. That is the only thing he knew growing up. He was beaten by people that he loved, that he loved the most. And he carried this very warped idea of love into his adult life. So he ended up in all his relationships constantly hurting the people that he loved or who loved him. The more somebody loved him, the more he would hurt them. He didn't understand what love was how you show love, how love is acted out. He had no idea until he was behind bars. And his mother-in-law, the mother of his wife who he had killed, started visiting him. And she would visit him regularly in prison. And they talked. And they built a relationship. And she forgave him. Then he knew what love was. He understood forgiveness. But he couldn't understand where it came from until she led him to Christ. He became a completely different man. He went, it would seem, from being a weed to wheat. Every saint is a sinner that Jesus has saved and sanctified. As Catholics, we do not believe in capital punishment. We, be, we do not believe in an eye for an eye. We believe in a God who is patient. God is merciful. And God will judge the weeds from the wheat. And it's up to him, it's not up to us. St. Augustine, commenting on this parable, said, Many are first weeds, but then become wheat. He added, if these, when they are wicked, are not injured with patience, they would not attain their praiseworthy transformation. There is one final mystery that I think is revealed in this parable. As we dive deeper, we find in it a message for our inter interior spiritual journey. Jesus asks those who have ears to listen as he warns us that the owner who had put the good seed, but while the men were sleeping, his enemy intervened and brought in weeds. This means that we must be ready to preserve the grace that we received 
on the day of our baptism. We must continue to nourish our faith in the Lord that prevents evil from taking root. The weeds that we have to remove immediately are the ones that can grow in our hearts. The weeds that prevent us from loving and from forgiving. The weeds of jealousy, prejudice, vanity, pride. Those are the weeds that we should be eager to remove. Paul tells us in the second reading how to take care of our weeds. Paul explains that God in his mercy has sent his Holy Spirit to help us grow in patience and in gentleness and in compassion. All we have to do is turn to God in our weakness and ask for the Holy Spirit to fill us with his love. Where there is love, there's no room for weeds. In the presence of the Holy Spirit, the weeds disappear. When we allow the Holy Spirit to search our hearts and intercede for us, we are going on the path of doing God's will. As children of a great and wonderful Father, who is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, let us strive to be like him in his patience and his mercy. The parable of the weeds, of the seeds and the weeds, is a call to humility and a call to mercy. The gospel message today encourages us to let the good seed of God's word bear fruit in our lives and to trust in his mysterious plan for the growth of the kingdom. We come today to be nourished by this Eucharist so that we may have the strength to work for an abundant harvest of holiness in the church and ask to be found among Christ's righteous on the day of judgment. you to kindly remain seated at this time for a few moments. Out of respect for Deacon Stefan as our homilist this week, but also with the continuing desire to make sure that parish announcements get in on the recording that will be seen by people who are watching at home tomorrow morning, I just want to... Um, mention two things at this time. One is an announcement from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Once again this year, the Society is going to be sponsoring the Back to School Backpack campaign, where we ask if you would be kind enough to make donations of backpacks that can be put, like all kinds of other things are, right into that great big box in the, uh, that great big bin in the uh, narthex. And those backpacks are going to end up going to students who will be in need. Um, we're not exactly sure, of course, what that's all going to look like once we get to September, but the society is still going 
right ahead with having its usual campaign in that regard, and your generosity in that respect over the years has been enormous, so it will be deeply appreciated again. If you could kindly make those donations at some point, let's say in the next four to five weeks, so that the last couple of weeks of August they're able to process all of the donations that have been made. The second announcement is simply an updating of an alert which I gave you when I made announcement last week. As many of you are aware, the City of Burlington has passed unanimously a bylaw that requires that as of Monday, July 20th, all are to be wearing masks in any indoor facility for the duration of the time that they are there and very specifically included in that was places of worship. Now, that said, a couple of things have to be borne in mind. First of all, as I was mentioning, there are exceptions that are authorized for very small children, of course, first of all, for persons for whom wearing a mask is itself a matter of health hazard, which can be the case in certain situations. And our Burlington bylaw actually specifically included mental health issues in that as well. So it is important for us to bear in mind that there will be persons who are unable to wear masks and that we be as compassionate as we possibly can be and strive not to too quickly judge. The other thing that must be pointed out is that it is not the responsibility of myself or Mary or our ushers to become policemen or to become enforcers and bouncers. That is not our role. We encourage strongly and we make sure that masks are offered and provided for those who have come to the church without them, but we are not going to be responsible for ultimate decisions that are made. We do appeal, though, to the goodwill of everyone to, as far as possible, obey this bylaw for the sake of the safety of others. I myself, starting on Tuesday morning, am going to be wearing a mask at any point in which I am not actually here in the sanctuary. So that will include coming up the aisle and singing, it will include distributing communion and all that sort of thing. So we'll all try to do our part in that regard. We hope that our podcasts have been inspiring. And now, our pastor, Father Martin, offers a few closing words. Thank you for joining us. I offer a special greeting to members of our parish family unable, by sickness or other reason, to worship with us in person, and to anyone visiting our parish via these podcasts. Please share the readings and homilies with others by inviting them to our website, where they can find them all, day by day. To learn more about our parish community, please visit our website at holyrosaryburlington.com and be sure to share our site with family and friends. We do look forward to hearing from you, so please email us with your comments. And thank you for your prayers and support.